All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Roundabout Sports presented by Interstate 70 Sports Media, where our passion is our profession. Thank you so much for joining us here in the St. Louis area. It is a stormy and gloomy Wednesday night, July 12th, 2023. I'm the maestro Jeremy Carp, alongside me, the host of Issues with Wrestling with Christopher Miles and everybody's favorite referee, Christopher Miles. How you doing, Chris? Well, we are going to remove Chris. It looks like he... Can you hear me, Chris? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, I can hear you now. No, okay. it is... Like I said, it's a dark storm one, so we're going to see how everything goes this evening. Um, you know how Missouri weather is. All right, so it looks like he's going to be in now. We're going to keep track of that. Meanwhile, there is a lot to talk about. First, be sure to find us on – oh, look at Jared tuning in. First thing is he is definitely not a fan of you, uh, Chris. That's for damn sure. Um, be sure to find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, all over social media. Also, be sure to find us on YouTube at Interstate 70 Sports Media. Um, there's quite a bit to talk about this evening. I want to kick it off by talking about last night's MLB All-Star Game. So for the first time in nine years, the National League has finally won the All-Star Game. Um, thanks to an eighth-inning go-ahead two-run home run by Rockies catcher Elias Diaz, who was named the MVP of the All-Star Game, um, the National League defeated the American League 3-2. Three, three to two. Now, to put this into perspective, not only did the National League lose the nine previous All-Star games, they also only held the lead for four innings in the past nine years at the All-Star game. It is quite crazy to think about in the grand scheme of things. Um, early on, race bait, first baseman uh, Yandy Diaz opened the scoring with a second-inning solo homer. And Marlins second baseman Luis Arreyes answered back with an RBI single of his own in the fourth inning. It was uh, a two-to-one lead for the American League in the eighth inning, and just when it looked like they were going to have a decade-long winning streak, Elias Diaz stepped up to the plate in more ways than one and delivered a game-tying, or I'm sorry, a go-ahead two-run home run like I had mentioned earlier. Um I will say that um, Philly's closer, Craig Kimbrell, almost, and I mean almost, uh, cost the National League there. So, yeah, we'll see how. But eventually, at the end of the day, game ended. Uh, National League held on. Um, I will say, keep in mind, folks, that the... Uh, American League still holds the all-time series with a 47 to 44 to 2 advantage. So and this is just kind of the culmination of the All-Star past few days of the All-Star festivities which I will say are not what it used to be and I think the perfect uh way to describe it is the fact that um, the ratings came out, and this year's MLB All-Star Game averaged a record low 7.006 million viewers. Um, and it's crazy. Um, so last year's game, 7.6 million, which includes the Fox Deportes audience as well. But um, – this is just the most recent All-Star game to experience a viewership decline. The NBA All-Star game hit a record low in February. The week earlier, um, the NHL All-Star game saw the second least watched edition since 2015. And look, I, I think at this point it's safe to say nobody gives a rat's ass about the Pro Bowl anymore. They've tried doing different things to really spice it up, but it still was the least watched event. Um, and... You know, a big problem with all this is the fact that Nexstar has an ongoing carriage battle 
with DirecTV, which knocked Fox affiliates off the air for those in San Diego, Denver, St. Louis, Kansas City, and Cleveland. So, yes, if you were a DirecTV subscriber in Denver, you could not watch the Rockies' only all-star hit the win the game's MVP award and hit the go-ahead two-run home run that won the National League the game. Um, and, yeah, it used to be the exact opposite when the National League was the ones winning all the all-star games. Um, and Jared tuning in saying that the Cardinals have been embarrassing – so he stopped keeping up. You know, that's something I want to bring up later. We might bring that up on a later show specifically for it um, because there's a lot to talk about in regards to the uh, St. Louis Cardinals and their struggles. Um, now, here's the thing. The default question when an all-star game starts tumbling in viewership is, how do we fix this? But given the trend over several sports airing on different networks, taking place at different times of the year with different formats, there's no one-size-fits-all fit. All-star games are just not what they used to be because they're no longer novel opportunities to see players each year. This is the biggest thing. There was a time when if you wanted to see some of the best players in the game of any sport, um, your only real chance was the all-star game. But the thing of it is, now you don't have to. Thanks to YouTube, the MLB app, all these other streaming services, you can watch guys like Shohei Otani or Mike Trout or Ronald Acuna Jr. or Vlad Guerrero Jr. who won the uh, home run derby. You can watch them anytime you want if you have the proper networks and everything. Um, and that is not something that always existed, you know. Um, biggest one absolutely is the streaming service situation. So people don't really feel the need to have to tune in like they used to when it comes to, um, when it comes to tuning into the all-star game, because the point of the all-star game is to showcase the best of the sport. Hence the term all-star same with the NBA, same with the NHL and same, of course, with the pro bowl and the NFL, which I personally feel has become the least valued of the bunch. Um, now, let's let's put it this way. There was a time where if an all-star game had 10 million viewers, it'd be considered unbelievably low. Now, these days, that would be an insane increase. But... It's not just the all-star game that's struggling in viewership. It's not just these sporting events. Everything struggles in viewership because nobody, nothing is truly must-see anymore. When you have services, when you have DVRs, and anybody can just go back and watch it. Um, I take a look at um, the fact that only one other show – on broadcast television last night, that being Tuesday, July 11th, even cracked 4 million viewers. And that was America's Got Talent on uh, NBC. So it's not – the All-Star Game's not holding up to the classic games. But, you know, look, record low viewership isn't inaccurate. But it's more so, to me, a media consumption problem than it is an all-star game problem. It's just the way people view television today. It's just the way that the landscape of entertainment and television is. I think another example, and this is where I really wish Christopher Miles were here because he'd be able to explain it per perfectly, um, would be um, – actually, I think I just got confirmation – yeah, I believe hey. Mr. Miles is with us. Sorry about that, folks. All right. Well, perfect. I'm glad you're here because I just went on a wasn't so much a tirade or a rant, but I brought up a good point in regards to the All-Star Games, and I was going to segue into a, an opinion, but I know this is something that you definitely have more expertise and opinion, uh, opinions on than I do. Yes. So I was talking about the viewership of the All-Star Game being at a record low. Yes. Um, 
But I said it wasn't as much a problem from the All-Star Game standpoint as much as it's just a media consumption standpoint. Yeah. Nothing is truly as must-see TV anymore because you're not required to just watch it or miss it forever. Ratings across the board for broadcast television are way down from where they have been in, in past years. So the fact that the ratings are down for the All-Star Game is no surprise when, I mean, it's the All-Star Game. Who cares? <laughs> Well, what I was going to segue next into when it comes to this, to continue this conversation, I want I wanted to bring in the guy that knows wrestling and ratings with wrestling more yeah. than most. I mean, look at ratings from for shows like Raw and SmackDown and what they were in the late 90s, early 2000s, and just take a, even in the mid 2000s and take a look at what they are now. It's the product's great. The revenue's yeah. great. But it's the ratings that aren't good by what we grew up with, standard-wise. People are excited, super excited in the wrestling industry to get a three rating or even like a two-five, when that would have been bottom of the barrel in the real age of the Monday Night Wars. So when you're drawing that kind of audience now, and, and it's how we consume our entertainment now. Personally, I did not watch the All-Star Game with the Home Run Derby on television. I streamed it. So my, even though I watched him, I remember my ratings didn't count. Same thing with wrestling. I was going to say, I think they only take their ratings into account from the broadcast uh, yeah. television standpoints, you know, because it's with so many different streaming services, it's hard to be able to add all that into account. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think? And I know what I think. And I'm going to get your opinion first. What does the MLB All-Star Game need? Um, well, first off, better uniforms, um, because last night's uniforms were atrocious. To me, you know, the All-Star game, first off, I'm glad it went back to just know whoever wins, the team mm -hmm. doesn't get home field. I'm glad that's not the case anymore. Because the National League would never have it again if that was the case. Well, yeah, that and I just never liked it because why should a team – why should players from last place teams determine if, yeah. you know, the whole league gets, you know, the World Series home field event? But I think what they need mm -hmm. is less just inter interactive. So, like, how much of the game is just these guys that are plugged in, mic'd in, talking to the commentators? Yeah. But the interactive portion, I kind of enjoy. But here's what I think they need. To me, anyway, the best – the best part of any all-star weekend in any of the four major sports is the NHL skills competition. Hardest shot, accuracy, fastest skater, all that. I'd love to see that in Major League Baseball. You know, fastest base runner, hardest throw, you know, longest home run. Not just home run derby, but how far can you hit the ball? Um, right. And turning double plays, anything that's a, a skill set in baseball, let's do that. We have the Home Run Derby, which is great. Congratulations to Vlad Guerrero Jr. But give me something else. Yeah, and I look at – okay, and this is the thing. So with the NBA and the NHL and the Pro Bowl, you have those skill competitions. You used to have great skill competitions for the Pro Bowl, um, you know, with the quarterback drills and everything. Like, those are some of the most fun things. Um, you know, and they even had it where there would be legend quarterbacks going up against current quarterbacks, Yeah, you know, which I thought was really cool. But let's take a look at the All-Star game. You had the home run derby, you got the celebrity softball game, and then you got the All-Star game. Yes. That's it. And there's not really any promotion for the celebrity softball game. The home run derby, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's an afterthought. I think the only reason people in St. Louis cared about it last year was because Albert Pujols was in it, and he dethroned Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I think it's great Vlad Jr. won. I like Vlad Jr. I think he's one of the best uh, sluggers in baseball right now. But there was nothing – like, it, it was one of those things where it just popped up, where it said, oh, look, the Home Run Derby's on. Yeah. The, the advertising for these events – is also at an all-time low, in my opinion. Well, the only thing that's consistent in sport in television right now is live sports. They don't have to advertise how good this show is or how bad this show is. 
because that all they need to say is, "Hey, sports are on," and people are going to watch. Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what? I think that's kind of wrestling in a nutshell. Oh yeah, I mean, for sure. Know, no matter how bad it was over the past few years, look, I ain't going to act like I stopped watching it. Look, yeah. There was a period of time where Monday Night Raw sucked ass, but guess what? I tuned in every week. You know, Because what else are you going to do on a Monday night when it's not football season? Exactly. And it's like that was just, you know, and I grew up a wrestling fan. So it's like yeah, it's something sure. that I'm just, in a weird way, I feel like I'm kind of stuck with. I don't think I could imagine, you know, not watching pro wrestling. Like, sure. it's weird. Before we started doing roundabout sports on Wednesday nights, it was weird not watching Dynamite for that period of time. Yeah, I'm you sure. know, And, you know, I always make sure, even whether I'm at the gym or at home, seeing SmackDown on Fridays. So it's like, it it's that tradition that I've just been stuck on for mm-hmm. so many years. Um, but the thing of it is, I didn't. You know, I'd wonder if I'm if I missed SmackDown or something, I'd go back and be able to watch it. If I missed the home run derby or the all-star game, I didn't care enough to go back and rewatch what I missed. Okay, but so they, they, they used to do the you know now it matters all-star game thing. Would you like to see some kind of actual incentive for the home run derby? I think for the home run derby, you know, something like and it's hard to determine what that would be, but because there's nothing that you – it could only benefit the player. Or this is a random one. Um, okay, so there was a player on the Diamondbacks a long time ago. It was about 20-something years ago. And a fan picked this Diamondbacks player to hit a grand slam in a certain inning. And mm-hmm. if he did, he'd hit a, he, she'd win a million dollars. Yes. And he hit a grand slam, and, and she ended up winning a million dollars. Things like that. Something to get the fans into the game. So the fans are not just sitting there watching these guys hit home runs. Because guess what? There may not be anything to besides a trophy at the same time. And this is kind of what happened with the Pro Bowl. There was nothing to lose. You know, in the Pro Bowl, people sat out or they didn't play or they didn't try hard. Because why am I going to risk my body for a game that has no incentive? So if you want. Hang on, get out there, Chris. What'd you say? Have you watched the Pro Bowl games, the new skill comp they have? Yeah, I watch it, and I thought it was fun for the most part. I thought it was pretty fun. Of course, I think these days, the casual fan would not enjoy it. it. Did it hurt the Pro Bowl to move to the week before the Super Bowl as opposed to the week after, you think? Mm. Because you didn't have to... You didn't have Super Bowl players. Yeah, that's well. See, and that's what I was gonna say. I mean, it depends because think of when it used to be the week when it used to be the week after, Mm -hmm. and you know you would have guys that were on Super Bowl teams that were on there, and they just chose to sit out, and then you'd have the alternates added in. Well, then great, you got guys like Tom Brady who was probably named to fourteen Pro Bowls and didn't play one of them because, I mean, he was either in the Super Bowl. Won the Super Bowl, lost it. I mean, and, you know, but you put it the week before, if there's nobody from the Super Bowl represented, then people are going to be like, well, these guys deserve it, but they have to prepare for the Super Bowl. So it's a double-edged sword. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't when it comes to the Pro Bowl scheduling. So I I was having, obviously, the technical difficulties before I jumped in. Did you enjoy the game? Did you like watching it? Did you discuss that? What, the All-Star game? Yes. I delved into the fact about my reasoning for why the viewership was at a record low. Yeah. Um, I watched about a little over half of the game, and it was the second half. So by the time I tuned in, it was already, I believe, two to one. Actually, no, I think it was one nothing. And then, of course, the American League got a two run lead and or two to one lead. And I, you know, I <sighs> there was parts I enjoyed. I didn't. That's the thing. There's a difference between liking something and caring about something. Mm -hmm. Very true. I liked the All-Star game, but I didn't care about it. If if the All-Star game didn't exist yesterday, Mm -hmm. and like if it didn't get played... It wouldn't have. I wouldn't have stressed over it. I wouldn't have freaked out. I wouldn't be like, "Yeah, what am I gonna watch?" Because there was nothing telling me, "Hey, 
you got to watch this. And, you know, do you think that, do you think that it's because we're just at certain points of the year fatigued by sports or do we just know that it's meaningless? I think, I think kind of more meaningless. This is the thing when you're a huge sports fan like me, I mean, fatigue of it, you know, it's all just about how you balance it out. I will say the Cardinals and Royals being as bad as they are. And yes, I say Royals as well, because yes, as part of interstate semi sports media, we cover the Royals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't, we can't neglect, you know, the team from the West. And considering they have arguably one of the worst three records in baseball and the Cardinals have been in last place for 71 total days, which is the most in my entire lifetime. uh, I will say a lot of, I don't know so much fatigue, but definitely just kind of that blah feeling because you're watching these guys like you're watching the, I think one of the biggest nails in the coffin was seeing Garcia and uh, Rosarina and Alcantara all in the all-star game, knowing that at one point the Cardinals had all three of them and completely botched it all up. You can't win them all. Okay. You can't, you can't guess right on every prospect. So, I mean, you can't guess right on every prospect, but at the same time you have here, here, I'll put it to you this way. You had, you could have had Garcia, Rosarina and Alcantara who were all all all-stars this year. Instead, we basically ended up having Jason Hayward, Dexter Fowler, and Marcelo Ozuna. Mm-hmm. None of whom are All-Stars, two of whom aren't playing, um, and one of them who's had a lot of off-field issues. So I'm not saying – look, I don't think you should fire a guy because they can't get him all right. So and that's I, just too high expectations. So let's put but this it, should there been a should there have been a royal on the team on the AL team? Does every team need a representative in the All Star game, or should it be just the best of the best? You know, I think it should be uh, one for each team at least, because you know the way I see it, you want to have yes, the best of the best, but every team has one of the best. Mm-hmm. Stop like Bobby Witt Jr. Salvador. Per- uh, Perez, you know, Vinny Pasquandino. I mean, these guys are s- some of the best. I, I would say Salvi's young, but he's 32. But, you know, by the still junior, young. Okay. For a catcher standard, it's not. But that's beside the point. For a human uh, standard. For a human standard, we're young, but we feel old as hell. So it's kind of different. Anyway. Oh, yes. Um, nevertheless, I, I don't mind you know, they're being a representative from each team. I say every play, every team, if you take the person from each team with the most votes, and then, you know, that right there is the 15, and then you build off that. Okay, well, let me ask you this. What, what if you get into the modern age of trolling? What if someone, what if they stuff the ballot box for some, you know, fifth string reliever, and he gets an all-star nod because well, of the fans you know what? I can counter that because, you know, when Time Magazine was doing their person, People of the Century, I mean, you know who two of the highest vote-getters were? Jesus uh, and Ric Flair. And who are you going to go against? I mean, I mean, they, they both, didn't they, put they, that, they, and, they both and neither of them got put in. They, they both done so much. Oh, exactly. Um, and you don't... And it's funny because um, neither of them got put in the magazine for that edition. But anyway, you know, look, ballots are always going to be something that people are going to stuff, people are going to troll. It's something that's been like this long before this year. I think nowadays the only thing is there's just more different methods to where you can go and stuff the ballots at. You know, shoot, it used to be you had to mail it in. I remember because I used to, okay, I'm old, but I used to work at Blockbuster and we had a kiosk for DirecTV because they were sponsoring the, the game that year. Right. And you can go up to the kiosk, you could vote for the All Star game. And I had nothing to do for eight hours. I would go there, I would vote for all the Cardinals all day, you know? Well, and yeah, and you know, here's another one when they did the MLB All Century team, 
look, you know, they, there was some players, people were wondering that were in and weren't in, you know, it's look, it's a popularity contest, but at the end of the day, you know, every team has their, has every fan base has their favorite player from their team. And that's you, that, and that would be the guy that gets in. Sure. Um, the reason people were upset that Goldschmidt didn't get in. This is the reason Goldschmidt didn't get in. It's not that he's having a bad season. Because believe it or not, Goldie's still having a really good year. But it's because yeah. the amount of first basemen that are having a better year than him is different than how it is for Arenado in the third baseman. Arenado is the best third baseman in baseball right now. Sure. Goldschmidt's not the best first baseman, even though he's having a great year. Yes. And that just shows how much talented the first base position is over the third base position. Currently. You know? yeah. yeah, as of currently. And, you know, that shouldn't knock Goldschmidt's talents. And and that's another thing. You talk about when whenever players go to the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. or, or put up for nomination for the Hall of Fame in any sport, one thing that always comes up, All-Star Games or Pro Bowls yes. or, you know, and – Look at guys like to me. Here's two of three of the greatest guys players of all time. Um, you have um, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Stan Musial, all of whom played 24 or more All Star games. And people may say, "Well, that's crazy." Well, it's because they played more than two, or they played more than one All Star game a year for a long time. Yes. They used to have two All-Star games in this season. Mm-hmm. They had the Midsummer um, Classic at the end of the year All-Star game. Exactly. So. All right. Yeah. I will offer you one more change in the format and see what you think, okay? All right. Go for it. Do you remember in the, I think it was mid-90s, maybe late-90s, when the NHL went All-Star or uh, North America versus the world? So you did yes. the NL, you did the AL. And you do every year there's a WBC, you do North America versus the world. No, because let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something right now. Mm-hmm. I look, hate me all you want for saying this. The American team will get their ass beat. North America, I said North America. Oh, that's true. You did say North America. I was gonna the say Caribbean, the Caribbean players, the Mexican Ooh. players. All well, then the rest of the world will get their ass beat. You're bringing the Caribbean in this. The Puerto Rican players, the Mexican players, the Dominican still got, players. Still Are got, you kidding me? You still got you still got Japan and Taiwan, and you know all those great baseball countries. Okay, Otani may be arguably, oh, Otani may be arguably the best player in baseball right now, but mm-hmm. he's not playing all nine positions. I'm sorry, the North American team would win. Yeah. And you know, so um I don't know. There's there's a lot of things you can do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, look, the days of getting all the, you know what, there's another thing, and maybe it's because I'm a sucker for vintage and retro. Look, the the I believe it was 2015, the All-Star game in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. when they honored when everybody had the franchise four. So they literally went in and nom and went out and said every franchise's best four players is voted on by the fans. Then they had the four greatest living Reds, um, and, you know, Pete Rose came out. Then you had the four greatest living players. Look, don't you don't have to like him, but you can't argue the fact that he's one of the greatest living ball players. And, right now. Ne- and who, who should never be allowed with his spinning distance to the Hall of Fame, ever. Nevertheless, he's one of the greatest living ball players. Yeah. He, he does, even if he's, that's the thing, even if he's not, even if he's not going to ever be in Cooperstown, which, you know, I don't think he will. No, but, well, I don't think he should, but that's my opinion. Yeah. So, I just, yeah. anyway, okay. they honor, they honor Johnny Bench, Sandy Koufax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Hank Aaron and Willie Mays, which for a guy like me who loves that type of stuff, it was a fantastic moment. Um, sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, 
Hmm. Now, would you want to see something like what the NBA does with like the rookie game? Would you want to see them do like the prospect game or something like that? Instead, mm. in, instead of the celebrity softball, like would you want to see the prospect game actually on television as opposed to buried on some streaming site? That might be potentially like, and I also think the more streaming services it's on, the lower the viewership is going to be. Well, of course, but I don't even know if the AAA All-Star game airs anywhere. I don't know if ESPN covers it or not. I don't think they do. They probably don't. Even MLB Network. And now MLB Network's ratings are going to drop because YouTube TV and MLB Network couldn't reach an agreement, which sucks for me. But For now. For now. I think they'll strike a deal. Never say never, because this has happened before with these services. Yeah. I mean, well, I and not- you know what? YouTube TV seems to work out deals a lot better than DirecTV and Dish Network do. So Yeah, because they were dying on the vine and tried to get their last little blood from a turnip. So, I mean. Exactly. Um, and, you know, here's another thing. I want to say one more thing about the All-Star Game before we move on. Okay. You want to know who one of the biggest winners of the All-Star Game was? Um, the city of Seattle? Huh? The city of Seattle? Well, okay. Yeah. Another one of them. Yes. The city of <laughs> Seattle, big winners in this. Um, but this is the thing. Um, Oakland A's fans. Mm-hmm. Because when uh Brent Rooker uh got a and he's the A's DH, um, who was named to the All-Star game. Um, he doubled off Reds closer Alexis Diaz to spark a six-inning rally for the American League. A's fans shouted throughout T-Mobile Park to sell the team. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could clearly hear the sell the team chants going on throughout the broadcast. So, I mean, yeah. It's apparently going to be all in vain, but I do feel, obviously, being a St. Louisan, feel for someone losing their team but it's oh, it, yeah so i mean we'll see what happens but it seems to be a done deal with the a's anyway yeah but you know you admire the passion they've they've got their gumption i'll give them that yeah i just can't stand owners being greedy i just can't well, gotta make money somehow It breaks my heart, man. It, it does. really does. I, well, it's the worst part is when you know that you go to these games mm-hmm. and there's nothing that can be done, you know? I mean, there's only so, one fan base in all the sports that doesn't, doesn't worry about this. Packer fans. <laughs> you know what's funny? That is absolutely true. Yeah. They, they know how to – I won't say they know how to run the team, but they damn sure know how to keep the team. Because they, <laughs> they can't go anywhere because they own them. Exactly. What is every and there? You know, it's funny though. I do love when fans like the flex that they have shares in the Packers. Oh yes, that twenty cents pays off uh, great dividends for you. Yeah. Um, okay. Nevertheless, it is time now to move on here on Roundabout Sports. Um, okay. Now that you are here, mm-hmm. since we've reached the halfway point of the season. Just exactly how pissed off are you at the Cardinals? See, okay, here's the thing. I'm just not. Because am I, am, I, am, I, am I disappointed? Of course. But I'm not going to let my team having a down year really ruin my existence. I know some people are like that. But it, it sucks. They're terrible. And they're not going to be bad forever. We might have... This year, be terrible. We might have a couple down years. Same with the Blues. They weren't that great last year. Might not be that great this year. But nothing lasts forever. Teams do rebound. So, I'm, I'm ever the optimist. This year yeah, is, a, is, is a foregone conclusion. But... Well, I respect that. But I think this is the difference. Mm-hmm. And the good Dr. JM brought this up to us earlier today. Um the Blues, at least, are working on making things better. Yes. What did, what did the Blues do at the trade deadline? They traded away a lot of veteran pieces or players that, even though they were popular, 
they had a big contract or they just weren't, they were, um, oh, damn. What's they're they're going to be UFAs. They're UFAs or they're expendable players or they're just mm-hmm. not what they used to be. And in return, you get a shit ton of picks. Yes. You get a lot of draft picks, a lot of great capital. And, it, you know, they're building Armstrong and um, Barubi. They are all building for the future. Sure. You know, the to me, the Blues are a well-managed organization from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, Cardinals-wise, this year has been an absolute PR nightmare. <laughs> I think- Ranging from the fact that they've been calling out, there's times they've called out fans. Mm-hmm. The entire Tyler O'Neill situation. Um, the fact that they have, and this is my thing, Ollie isn't a bad guy. No. I don't have any personal thing against Ali, but the Cardinals have this philosophy that, hey, let's not worry, try and go out and find a manager with experience. Let's just hire somebody in our organization that maybe had two at-bats in 2008 in the minors and say, hey, you're our guy. And, or maybe, and this has been one of the conspiracy theories, maybe they wanted a yes man just do what they wanted. Well, they and that's why problem. I think they got rid of Mike Schilt because Schilt yes. wasn't a yes man. Schilt didn't take that shit from people. Like no. And the thing of it is, it's not like my Schilt did bad. No. You know, the Cardinals have not had an actual bad manager in a long time. I think the actual problem that management with the Cardinals has is that the fans are gonna come regardless. Bush Stadium's gonna have people in it. You're gonna see people in wearing their, their Cardinal jerseys and their birds on their bats, regardless, because it's so ingrained in the St. Louis culture that they can have an off year or two and it won't matter in the long run. Cause they'll still fill the place. Well, and it's true because what have we found out the Cardinals, like I said, last place for 71 days so far, we're at the all-star break. They've already been in last 71 days and no higher okay. than what, third this year, no what? higher than third. Um, and despite that, um, they're second in attendance in baseball. Yeah, and that, like, and you would, but this is what's crazy. You would think that that would not be the case because it's St. Louis. But there's got to be some common sense at some point where you say, "Look, you can't be had as long as there's forty four thousand fans or forty two thousand fans in these stadiums. Hell, you can go as low as thirty six thousand okay. fans. Okay, Mosellock won't care. Despite despite what Cronky will tell you, until it became very clear that he was going to move that team, the Rams filled the dome, and that was some of the worst football you could ever possibly see." Outside of the couple of years for the greatest show on turf, but for the well, majority yeah. of the Rams' tenure in St. Louis, they were bad, and they still sold seats. So you know St. why? Louis because some, yeah. go ahead. No, I was saying, and, and I get that because you know, I I remember looking up the attendance numbers of St. Louis. We were never dead last. I think <laughs> part of it also had to go with a deteriorating stadium. And yeah. look, I like the dome, but well, I don't. The prop. But the problem is, part of the Rams' agreement being in St. Louis was that the stadium had to be upkept within the upper percentile of the NFL. Yeah. yeah. And when Jerry decided to build Jerry's World in Dallas or in Arlington, yeah. well, then that flew out right the window because there but, ain't no way St. Louis is getting Jerry's World in freaking the Gateway City. But my point being is that St. Louis fans will go to sports regardless. Right. Because they're so, passionate like that. Yeah. Can't say that. I mean, and the, you know what the crazy thing is? I'll say the same thing for Chiefs fans. Look, we're so we're so lost, and Chiefs fans are so lost in this Mahomes era mm-hmm. and Andy Reid era. People don't realize how ass the team was before Andy Reid arrived. Yeah, okay. You know, and how bad, you know, even during the Trent Green years after Dick Vermeil left, or Dick Vermeil left, um, you take a look, the Chiefs, they always had an explosive offense, but they were bottom of the barrel in defense. They could never get it done in the playoffs. And it was just year after year, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, change happens. The attendance was always great, though. 
you know, and you're right. St. Louis at the Dome, attendance was always great, you know, especially for standards of a team that literally would win on average, you know, four or five games a year, mm-hmm. you know, like, but I think that also led to be their downfall because you know what? There's a difference between the Cardinals and Rams in that regard. Okay, go ahead. Whether, whether the fans showed up to the Dome or not, Kroenke was going to move that team when Georgia Frontier died. Yes, and when that became evident, that's when you started seeing the empty seats. Like, It's like in Oakland. Yeah. We're not going to support this team if, you're, if it's already a foregone conclusion that you're going to go. Right. So it the was Cardinals will, yeah. Right, and the Cardinals will never have to worry. The Cardinals fans will never have to worry about a team their team moving. The St. Louis Cardinals will literally never move. Knock on they might wood. Be stadiums, but yeah. they're not. They're never going to leave St. Louis. All right. So okay. Side tangent. Let's ask you this about the okay. Cardinals. Clearly random because we mentioned stadiums. Will the Cardinals ever play somewhere not called Bush Stadium again? Mm. <laughs> Will we see a Bush Stadium four five? I mean, possibly. <laughs> because look at the Yankees. They've had they had one Yankee Stadium. Now they have another Yankee Stadium. Yeah, this is the thing. Some places are just never. Some things are just never meant to change. Wrigley Field, Fenway Park, exactly. And yeah. those two places can't technically change because they're national historic landmarks. Yes. Um. You know, you look at because technically Sportsman's Park was called Bush Stadium for the last then what, had five years. Five that? years. And then Sportsman's Park, or I'm sorry, then Bush Memorial Stadium, which was just mm-hmm. Bush Stadium back then. And then you have Bush Stadium 3, mm-hmm. which we just call Bush Stadium. Yes. Um, do I think, to, to be honest, it has, to me, it'll have to do with the brewing industry, you know, 40 years down the road. Yeah. But as long as Anheuser-Busch is headquartered here, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. You know? Oh, I don't think so either. You know, I, but what I do think... You know what? I I think Bush Stadium has stood the test of time because look at Miller Park. It's not called Miller Park anymore. Yeah. And there's a chance Coors Field won't always be called Coors Field. Even though that's a Colorado brewer and, you know, should be, but. Yeah. So this is the thing. The Cardinal, we talk about Cardinal fans and how they're going to keep going to the games, even though the team's in last place, mm-hmm. having their worst season in Can see almost 20 times. Yeah. That, and that's the, and to me, that's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals last went, were in last place like this, that 1990 when they went 72 and 90, mm-hmm. you know, the year. And, and that was during the era after Gussie Bush died and yeah. the Bush family didn't give two craps about the team for a few years. Like, it was just a bad time to be a Cardinal fan. Yeah, but I mean, like, we've also had an embarrassment of riches because, like, the last time that I that I remember them being anywhere that was, like, non-competitive, at least, was, like, 1995. Yeah. And, and it's, like, from 96, they won the Central for the first time. They were one game away from the World Series, but they yeah. choked the series away. We don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, no, I look at the St. Louis Cardinals and I say to myself self? you know exactly self it's not over yet but at the it's same over. time <laughs> no I mean in the sense of <sighs> how do I word it this way the Cardinals are not going to blow things up next year no I don't think so you, you might want them to but they're at your look you're going to see the only thing that needs to be blown up is the rotation, which I think you will see because Wainwright's going to retire. Mance needs to go. Mm. Um, we don't know about Michaelis. Montgomery, I know, is going to stick around, and then you have to keep Flaherty. So, honestly, let's just say for right now you got two or three of your rotation spots filled. Yeah. You know, then you got some bullpen work to do because Helsley's been injured. Hicks has been inconsistent. Um, but hey, he can throw 108 miles an hour, so he's apparently the second coming of Jesus. So, <laughs> so, so the Cardinals, there's so many question marks, and we're only at the halfway point. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. There are what people that there are people there are people that we know. You and I both know that we're still optimistic for this year. I'm like, that's just delusion. Yeah. 
we we, um, we we can write off this year and start the retool, not a rebuild, but a retool. Okay, well here I got something for you. So right now the Cardinals, like I said, are in second. They average forty-one thousand fans essentially mm-hmm. a game. Um, that's just a, a there are a few hundred ahead of the Yankees who also average forty-one thousand. The Dodgers are averaging forty-eight thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom three you have the Royals who are averaging sixteen thousand. The Marlins who are averaging twelve thousand, and then I. I shouldn't even include them. Oakland. The A's are barely averaging over 10,000 a game. Okay. So let me ask you this. But I don't count them because of what's going on. So when the new stadium in KC is built, even if the team's bad, will they come out? I think they will for at least a I couple think so. years. Look, I personally, I, I want, I've always wanted to go to a game at the K. I've, I've been by it and around it okay. so many times. I think it's a beautiful stadium. Can I, say, can I be honest with something? I mean, um, this is not a St. Louis kid bashing KC. I had a great no. time. I went to I went to three games there. Oddly okay. enough, three different years. And it was all Blue Jays and Royals. Weirdly enough, each year I went. It's it's a nice park, but it's not. It's not Bush Stadium. It's not Yankee Stadium. It's not these. It's not PNC Park. It's not these monuments to baseball. It was small. And the you know, it had the fountains going for it. That was about it. So it's time for an upgrade. And I think when you see that, even if they're still bad, people will come. Yeah, I think when they do move, personally, I don't like the idea of them moving because I do like the situation where they're at. As far as <laughs> let me tell you something, Kansas City's going to be hell with downtown with the traffic trying to get to the ball games to and from. You don't think it's bad now going to the games when you have. Arrowhead and Kaufman next to each other. It's better because it's not exactly downtown. Okay, yes, fair. That's it's literally you can see the skyline from Arrowhead and Kaufman. That's mm-hmm. that's why I don't look. Traffic in Kansas City is rough. We all yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst. Boston, we've talked, we were talking with JM today about some of the worst cities with traffic. Boston, Nashville, (coughs) Nashville. And hell, I'm throwing St. Louis in there because St. Louis traffic sucks ass. Well, well, the problem is we know it, so we know how to get around it, but that's true. We know all the detours and around. But for people just going to these the city for the first time, Lord have mercy on them because this is what happens when you have four different interstates intersecting at each other at the same time and you don't know where to go. Because three of them are being worked on. Um, three? You're so, being optimistic. Yeah. Well, nevertheless, here's the problem. And you know this as well as I do. Where's Bush Stadium located? Uh, at the intersection of 44 and 64 on the lovely <laughs> expressway. Where's uh, the Enterprise Center located? 14th and Clark off of 44. Where's the Dome located? Uh, down Riverfront. <laughs> And where is the MLS stadium located? Union Station. You know what they all have in common? Uh, it's public- all in downtown. But also, also, all of them connected to public transit. But, lot, yeah, it does. But how many people trust public transit these days? Okay. When you will, you've, I know you've seen it. When you go to a Cards game or a Blues game or a City game, Battlehawks too, because I went to a few, bunch of those. Yeah. Train full of yeah, of course. Because I ain't paying for that parking. Well, it's not just that. Like for the Battlehawks games, my friends and I were able to find a good park, a, a lot that you know um, wasn't too far. It was literally across the highway from the stadium, right by the Horseshoe Casino. Yeah. Now, my issue is when you take a look at um, Kansas City. Are we? But see, if you're talking, if we're talking public transit, like the MetroLink, you Metro know, bus. or things like, or MetroBus, or things like that, okay, it's fine. But we're talking about strictly driving your car in the core of downtown. Yes, paying well, okay. thirty dollars for parking, and then having to try to leave, and you're leaving at the seventh inning because you know you're going to be stuck there till the ninth inning of the next game. So our our dear friend HD Daniels, another fellow referee here in St. Louis. Went to the Royal Rumble at the Dome back in January of 2020. Oh, God. I feel bad for him for many reasons for that. 
hey, I enjoyed the show, but that's, I know the show was very badly rated. But I, <laughs> Go it, ahead. Took, it, it took him three and a half hours to get out of downtown. Thanks to the Metro Link, I was home and in bed before he was even out of St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> and see, the thing of it is, mm-hmm. does Kansas City have that same luxury of true pro- public transit like in St. Louis? I don't think they have a train. I know they have city buses, but I don't think they have a train. Yeah, they have city buses, but I don't believe they have a train system. And we could be wrong, and if we Mm -hmm. are, feel free to let us know, folks. But the thing of it is, if they don't, then that gives more of a good reason to why at least you have them the stadiums farther away. And I will say that the the tailgating at Arrowhead is choice because the the parking lot is is for two sports teams. So it's just so massive. Well, tailgating in Kansas City is second to none. That's the thing. Like okay. it's it's goaded tailgating, and yeah, you've, you've never been to a Bills game, apparently. Well, I let me tell you something. Yes, yeah, nothing like seeing a shirtless fan get power bombed through a table um, that's set on fire as as your team is about to get blown out by the Jaguars in the playoffs. Um, um never. <laughs> Shots fired! Shots fired! So, yeah, the fans are going to keep going to the games, no matter how good or bad the Cardinals are, just like they would to any other sports team that's ever been in the city or ever will be in the city. Um, But you know what hurts the most out of all this? What's you know that? who? You know who actually suffers the most? Tell me. You're, you're going to get a kick out of this one. It's actually St. Louis uh, City SC. Really? And I'll tell you why. Tell me why. They're they are first in the Western Conference right now. Yes. St. Louis City SC has won four games. They've lost seven, and they had two draws. They have scored the most goals in the West, and they've allowed some of the fewest. Mm-hmm. They ha- they lead with 38 points. Yes. That said, how much of that – and this is, you know, on a – and I'm thankful for Alistair Fennell for covering them extensively for us and Brandon Clore and JM for and everybody for all their work with I-70 on helping cover them. But in general, what do you hear more about from the media pundits? Um, the STLSC doing great or the Cardinals doing bad? Okay, I'll say again, where are you? St. Louis. Exactly. Baseball. It's religion in this town. But the thing of it is, okay, go okay, ahead. Okay, do you, do you know what one of the biggest stumbling blocks for the Rams were in St. Louis? This was the um, only, in my opinion, this was the only NFL city where the team was number three. Cards, Blues, Rams. And as great as they ever were, they were still third string because the heart, the, hearts, the, the heart of the city belonged to the Cardinals and what was left belonged to the Blues. <laughs> and what was left? Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong that this is this is not a, a religious baseball town. Well, of course it is. That's part of the reputation. Now, I will yeah. – but I also think as time has gone on, it's also been an extremely loyal soccer fan base. I'm looking city. at my three different – because, you know, I got my Browns jersey on. But looking at my three different SLC City jerseys or STL City jerseys that I have in my collection right now. So yeah, I, I've, I love the team. I support the team, but it's St. Louis. It's baseball. They could go zero and one sixty two, and the city could win the supporter shield, and the Cardinals would still be the lead story. Yeah, and like I said, that just also comes down to media and how they portray and what they cover. I feel that though, it's unfortunate because look. I'm not saying the Cardinals are going to lose 100-plus games this year. Even I don't think that's going to happen. But I will say that we should be acknowledging how great STLSC is doing over how bad the Cardinals are doing. There's only so much you can say about a team in last place. You can only say they're sucking ass so many times. Maestro, have you seen how wild City Park is? Yes! So it means they're doing well. They're going to have to expand the damn place. 
Yeah, they really are. Nobody, because, and nobody, for the record, another reason why it hurts me that they're doing, like, they're not getting attention. Okay. You know what the biggest difference between the Cardinals and STLSC is as far as I, entering this season? I can watch all the games easily of MLB. Okay. I don't need Apple TV to watch. Well, I mean, there is some Cardinal games you're going to need Apple TV for. Because yeah, one. One a year. Yeah, uh-huh. Sure, that's how it's going to be for now. Anyway, no, my thing was nobody expected the MLS team to do anything in their first oh, no. conference. They were picked to be like a five, seven, between like five to seven win team. Yeah, and they're already at 12. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Cardinals were predicted to win, at least win the pennant by some people, especially getting Contreras, which hasn't panned out. Because opening day, Jordan Hicks <laughs> – Freaking beamed him in the knee. And that is why preseason predictions are crap. Of course they are. But so they the, have to happen. Yes. There, there's there's a friend of mine who is a diehard NFL fan, loves football. And even he will tell you that he will not make a pick as to who's going to be what until week four. Because he doesn't know what he's looking at until then. So when people say, oh, they, they failed expectations. Yeah, maybe they weren't. The best expectation. Maybe they were misguided. So, you know, I take a look at what the Cardinals have done. I take a look, or haven't done for that matter. I think the reason it's just been so bad. Once again, you brought you hit the nail on the head earlier in the show. Nobody had a lot of people that are alive now have not seen the Cardinals play this bad. You got fifteen great years of essentially, of Tony La Russa baseball, you know, that led to three World Series appearances and two wins. You had the Mike Matheny years, which, I mean, still, a few hundred win seasons, a World Series appearance, you know. I mean, now here we are. We barely got to the playoffs last year, let alone win the division. Um, And... I understand that uh, Christopher Miles will be right back with us. He had let me know that something was going on. Because once I, like I said, folks, here on Roundabout Sports, it, it's July 12, 2023, and it is currently storming out in the St. Louis area. Um, but overall, things are just, it, it's been a rough year for Cardinal, for the Cardinals, for Cardinal baseball, for Cardinal fans. And my biggest concern through all of it is that it's going to stay stagnant. And things are not going to get better anytime soon. Um, and, you know, I also want to say on a side note, as I'm about to wrap things up this evening, my thoughts go out with uh, Hollywood James Knox, our dear friend. He's going to be dealing with some upcoming surgeries and everything. And like I say on the bottom of the screen, we love Hollywood so much. He's one of the hardest workers in the business, one of the most dedicated fans. Great guy, hell of a person. Um, so, folks, as that with that, we're going to wrap it up here on Roundabout Sports this week. As always, on the bottom of the screen, I put up the NAMI helpline at 1-800-950-NAMI, 1-800-950-NAMI. It's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, it's a U.S.-based nonprofit organization uh, it's a gra- founded as a grassroots group by family members of people diagnosed with mental illnesses. Um, their line's always open for those that do need that help and advice. And as always, we put the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline on the show on the bottom of the screen. For that, you dial 988. Understand that the line is open 24-7, 365, 366 on leap years. Understand that you're never alone in this world. There's always somebody out there who loves and cares about you. Um, And you also have the chance to be the listening ears for somebody who is struggling. I want to thank Chris for being on this week. Hope all of you have a wonderful, blessed week. I'm the maestro Jeremy Carp. And remember, life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading.